Hi guys, and welcome to Josiah's CRNA Personal Statement Review, a podcast by me, Josiah. In today's episode, we will be discussing how to answer the question, why do you want to be a CRNA? I realized that I probably should have published this podcast before episode four. If you have already listened to episode four, I would suggest listening to it again after this one. And this way, you'll get the order of creating an essay. First, you write the thesis, and then you write the body. And I know I've addressed the question of why do you want to be a CRNA obliquely in other episodes, but today I want to take a very direct look on how to develop a thesis. So first, we'll talk about what pitfalls to avoid when answering the why, and then we will talk very specifically about how to look at your career and develop this thesis for your personal statement. And also, I do have an announcement to make at the end, so please stay tuned for that. So first, let's discuss what a prompt is asking for when they ask you to elaborate on the reason you want to become a CRNA. They're not asking you why you deserve to be a CRNA. They're not asking you to elaborate on how good your teamwork skills are. They're not asking you to list out every certification you've obtained or all the different types of super sick patients you've taken care of. They're not asking you to suck up to the amazing skills and the autonomous practice of CRNA. Do you know why there are so many caps, question marks, and exclamation points in the title of this episode? It's because I get so frustrated when I read these types of papers that turn out to be your resume, but with bigger words. I can read all about your qualifications on your resume and your paper application. So tell me something different. Color in who you are. Tell me about your motivations, your passions, and why you want to be a CRNA. Because when you answer with your resume, I want to be a CRNA because I've taken care of super sick patients, and because I am a charge nurse, and because I manage the unit practice committee, I hear, I want to be a CRNA because I've done X, Y, Z. Do you see how that's not an answer? Uh, and I've talked pretty extensively on this podcast about other bad answers, such as autonomy and COVID-19. So let me add another one to that pile. A lot of people also write that they want to be a CRNA so that they can provide anesthesia, which makes no sense. You want to be a CRNA so that you can provide anesthesia? Yes, uh, good for you. You know what a CRNA does. And it's always important to realize that the prompt is a little more than just why you want to be a CRNA. It's why becoming a doctorally prepared CRNA makes sense in the context of your career. I don't edit undergraduate essays and I try to avoid editing med school essays. Uh, but there's a reason I love editing CRNA school essays, because there's a wealth of professional experience buried in our critical care careers. And a lot of papers that are written on why someone wants to go to, you know, XYZ college or whatever medical school are nonsense. They're sob stories about what hardships people have overcome, what challenges they've faced. They don't talk about what they've done, and they don't draw from the same depths of identity capital that we as critical care nurses and as CRNA applicants have the opportunity to draw from. Here's a quote I received from a CRNA program director. You know, the personal statement is not an undergrad college essay. We don't want to hear about your life or your obstacles that you overcame or your hardships. We just want you to answer the question so we know that you will make it in this program and that you will be a successful CRNA. I used to help other people brainstorm by asking them why specifically they want to be a CRNA and to skip the BS. I would inevitably get answers related to money, autonomy, lifestyle, respect, helping others, advanced training, whatever. And none of those are bad things, but invariably, none of those are answers that admission committees want to hear, and most of them are answers that are not supported by the applicant's body of experience. So I've stopped asking people to give me a no BS reason on why they want to be a CRNA. 
and instead we start the brainstorming process by focusing on the projects and committees that the applicant has worked on. So if you're taking notes, this would be the place to start. So the first step, projects and committees, I ask applicants to make a list of the projects and committees that they've worked on and to write a short blurb about exactly what they did on that committee and what they learned. Not just general stuff like, oh, I reviewed policies, but specifics. Like what policies did you review? What policies did you guys spend time revising and debating? Why did you spend time on it? Why is this policy or committee or project important? What did you learn from your experience working on that specific policy or on that specific project or on that specific committee? And people tend to worry about, you know, oh, that wasn't a big experience. Oh, that was just a small thing on the side. But it's not the size of the project or the importance of the committee that matters so much as your ability to extrapolate what you've learned. So take some time to list all your projects, all the committees that you've worked on, and think about what you've learned from it. And don't disregard anything. Now, the second step, you need to start thinking about how whatever lesson you've learned extrapolated from your projects and committees are reflected in the roles and responsibilities of a CRNA. Contrary to what a lot of people write about in their personal statements, the CRNA does more than just provide anesthesia. There are standards of care that CRNAs adhere to related to respecting patient autonomy, related to airway management, uh, alarms and vitals, uh, hemodynamics, patient positioning, patient safety, infection control, quality improvement, etc., etc. There's a lot of intricate details in the roles and responsibilities of a CRNA, and I'm going to link two documents in the episode description that will help you brainstorm the different things that CRNAs do. And if you've never read these documents before, these are must-read documents because it'll help you write more than just, oh, I want to be a CRNA to provide anesthesia. It'll help you pinpoint exactly why the profession of CRNAs appeals so much to you. So for every project and committee and just thing that you've done as a nurse, try to link it to a role or responsibility of a CRNA. If there's something that you can't link to the role or responsibility of a CRNA, then toss that out the window. Don't mention it in your essay. The purpose of these first two steps here is that we're working backwards, trying to find something that you've done that will illustrate your interest in a particular aspect of patient care that makes you want to pursue anesthesia. And then the third step is a little bit easier. In this step, you ask yourself how the DNP degree applies to whatever interest you've picked from steps one and two. The DNP is a very wide reaching degree that can be applied to many different aspects of nursing. And so for more on this, please listen to episode two where I talk very specifically about the purpose of a DNP. Uh, the quick version is this, the DNP handbook lists eight goals of DNP education. Um, and for almost every interest for future nurse anesthetists, there is a way that a DMP can help you pursue that interest. So that's the third step and that's the easiest part. And if you have found something that fits steps one and two and three, then congratulations, you have a workable thesis. You have figured out a reasonable story to tell admission committees about who you are and where you are going and why you want to be a CRNA. And all that's left to do is to fill in these ideas with words. A lot of people complain that this sounds like that they're lying to admission committees about why they want to be a CRNA. Maybe, maybe not. Um, my personal contention is that a lot of people end up lying to themselves when, by telling themselves a pipe dream when they write about things that aren't supported by their application and by their body of experience. Remember, admissions is a game and admissions committees want to hear a reasonable story to why you want to be a CRNA. And all I'm asking you to do is make a reasonable goal based on who you are now. 
What matters when you write a personal statement is that you give these admission committees an answer that is reasonable, whether you do or do not intend on pursuing that goal. So the last step in drafting is the introduction. Typically, I suggest to applicants that they place a patient story in the introduction, because whatever committee you've worked on, whatever project you've done, there's a probably a reason that you got involved with it in the first place. For some reason, you said yes to doing whatever you did, so lead with a story about how your interest in this particular field of nursing, critical care, and anesthesia came about. The rest of the essay will then logically flow. You then talk about how that patient's story led you to pursue some project or committee, and you talk about what you learned from it, and then you talk about where you're going. The common advice for writers is to write the introductions last, and yet from the essays I read, I suspect that people write their introductions first, and a lot of applicants seem to spend a lot of time fretting over whether or not their introduction is interesting enough to hook a reader. They want to stand out with their introductions. Look, this isn't Reader's Digest or a BuzzFeed article. The admissions committee is obligated to read what you wrote. And you know what makes for an interesting essay? It's not a good introduction. It's a well thought out and organized answer to the prompt. An interesting introduction will enhance a good essay, but an interesting introduction won't save a bad essay. So don't waste your time on writing a good introduction until you have a good topic to write about. Because admission committees are not looking for gimmicks. They want clear and concise communication. So that's all I have for now on how to develop the why for your personal statement. Again, I will leave the links for these two documents that dive into more detail the roles and responsibilities of a CRNA in the description below. And I want you to use them to identify which particular parts of CRNA practice are going to line up with the trajectory of your career. I would like to thank everyone that has listened to this podcast, uh, listened to me rant for their feedback and their support. Um, my email inbox has actually been flooded these past couple weeks with applicants expressing thanks and asking for help on their essays. Uh, and unfortunately, I'm no longer able to keep up with the demand and the volume of essay or editing requests. So I do have to, unfortunately, limit the amount of essays I edit a week. So I will make reviews of individual essays available for a small fee, and I'll post a sign-up link in the podcast description. However, I will also continue providing free resources for applicants, including future episodes of this podcast and worksheets I've come up with to help you get started on writing your personal statement. So thank you so much for listening, and I hope to see you next time. And until then, bye-bye.